this morning, I want you to turn to the easiest place you can find in your Bible, and that's the first chapter of the first book. Would you go to Genesis chapter 1 with me? You know, if we're not careful, we'll get in, and I don't want to be this way, though I know we live in a bad world and we live in a, a perilous time. God tells us that we've been preaching that in the book of Jude about how serious and dangerous and filthy our world is that we live in, and it is, and we need to have preaching on that. But it also needs to be balanced out as bad as the world is. God is good. And we can't ever lose sight of the goodness of the Lord as we see the badness of society and the day in which we live. You've got to see, you have to understand both of those. And if you ever get on the wrong side or get out of balance with that, then you're not going to have the Christian life that that God wants you to have. Though there are people all around us that are evil, we we have a good God. And it doesn't matter what generation we live in, the same good God that we have will always be that way. And so this morning, and I am going to preach for a few weeks, just some things about our God to focus our attention on. We've been focusing our attention on Sunday mornings on the world in which we live and the apostasy that's around us. And so I want to spend a few messages on Sunday morning focusing on God and and seeing how wonderful He is. And that he is the same. And as you open your book of Genesis, the first, as the first, as the Bible begins to explain to us creation, you cannot get four verses down without running into the word good. And so, would you look at it with me in Genesis chapter one? The Bible says in verse one, of course, one of the most attacked verses in all. All the Word of God. You'll never get anything else from God if you can't get past the first verse. (laughs) It's almost like God has built in a stumbling block to those that will not believe in Him with the very first verse of the Bible. And of course, the majority of the world do not believe Genesis 1-1. They don't really have a good explanation of where everything is from, but they just don't believe that. That's just... Couldn't be true, but it is. Genesis 1-1, the Bible says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. There was light. And God saw the light that it was good. The Bible says that God said, let there be light. It was light. And God saw the light that it was good. As you go through the first and second chapters of the book of Genesis, you are overwhelmed not just with creation, but how God does everything good. Good started with God. That's what I want to say first of all. There was no man here. 
You weren't there, I wasn't there, nobody else was there. God was there, and wherever God was there, there was something good that was there. Without the presence of God, there is no goodness. Without God's work, there is no goodness, because when goodness was begun, it was begun with the person of God and the work of God, and he goes through this chapter. Look at, look at all the things he, he talks about as he goes through creation. And God is there alone doing all this good work. And the Bible said in verse number 9 of Genesis chapter 1, we'll just hit the highlights. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the sea of the waters called he seas. And God saw that it was good. Verse number 12, And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after its kind, and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. He begins in verse number 4 telling us that the light was good. May I say, light is always good. It's the darkness that is bad. Isn't it strange that men loved darkness rather than evil, rather than light because their deeds were evil? Why would man want to stay in the bad place? The light is the good place. The darkness isn't the good place. All of us remember as children how maybe we were frightened or we didn't appreciate or like the darkness. And yet God brought the goodness of light into the world. Of course, the light is not just physical light, but God is light, you see. And so He in His own character, I'd say this, before God did anything that was good, God was good in His character, in His person. Before He did one thing that was good... He was good Himself because God is light and the light is good and God is... The Bible says good and upright is the Lord. Psalm 25 verse 8. The Bible says in Psalm 100 verse 5, For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and His truth endureth to all generations. Psalm 106 verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for... He is good. Not just the things that He does, but He innately. He's a good God. That's who He is. That's part of His character. Before He ever did a thing, God was there in His goodness. Some people say, well, I don't really see much about God. Well, you've got to taste and see that the Lord is good. Have you ever met a child that was so picky? We'll talk about that tonight. Have you ever met a child that was so picky they didn't want to eat good things? And uh, they, they just refused to eat it? <laughs> I was listening to preach the other day in my office, and I just fell in the floor just laughing. I mean, I just... By the way, that'll do you good listening to preaching when you're not in church. Amen. Just fell on the floor laughing. He was talking about how his mother made him eat stuff he didn't want to eat and how it was good for him. You know, if it didn't look just right, he didn't want to eat it. And uh, he was talking about his mother making turnip greens. And he said, he walked down there and said, what's that smell? That's an awful smell. Smells like somebody's feet. That's just terrible smell. 
And she said, well, that's what we're eating. He said, no, I'm not going to eat that. And uh, she, put, uh, she put those turnip greens on the plate, and he looked at it, and he said, he said, Mom, I ain't eating that. Somebody's already eaten that. <laughs> he, said, he said, I'm not going to eat that. He said, it looked like a chew of tobacco on the plate. He said, I'm just not going to eat that. And then he began to tell how his mom made him eat it. And he said, now he'd fight you over a bowl of turnip greens because he didn't know how good they were. Now, you may not like turnip greens, I don't know. But there are a lot of people, they dismiss something before they even try it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Before they even eat it, they look at it and they say, oh, I don't want that. Children are like that. It doesn't, doesn't matter what it is, if it doesn't look quite right. or if, You know, if you could just taste it. If you, matter of fact, some people need to be blindfolded before they taste it. <laughs> Because I guarantee you if, you, if if you took the average person and blindfolded them and let them taste some things, they probably would like some things that they never would try and never would eat just because of the looks of it. People just many times, they don't want to try things. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You say, well, I don't think God's so good. Well, why don't you try Him? Why don't you taste His life? His name is good. His Word is good. His Spirit is good. His house is good. Everything about God is good, and the reason some people don't believe that is because they've never tried Him. They've never immersed themselves in their life into who God is and what He can do for them. His Spirit is good. His mercy is good. There's nothing wrong with God. He is He's the best thing that could ever happen to you. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So what I want to say is, before God did all these good things, He Himself was good. So if God never does any good thing that you can see in your life, which He does, but if you can't even see that, He's still good. Regardless of what He does, He is a good God. That's who He is. Let there be light. There was light. God saw the light, that it was good. Can you imagine if we had to live in darkness? We don't live in darkness because we have a good God. I mean, look down in your, in your text here in Genesis chapter 1. He says in verse number 16, And God made two great lights. He didn't have to do that. God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. You know, he didn't have a man there to ask, do you think that's good? You know, his opinion wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have merited. It wouldn't have even rated. Why? Because man would have had no idea how to make a creation. He would have no idea how to make anything good. But God said, i tell you what we're going to do. We're going to put the sun there. We're going to put the moon there. We're going to put the stars there. You know why he did that? Because he's a good God. You know, when we go to bed at night, when the sun goes down, if God hadn't have put those, that moon, that stars up there, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be as good of a place to live. God says, even when you're in the darkness, I want to put some light up there so you can see. Aren't the stars pretty? You ever got outside, amen, got away from your phone, away from the television, walked outside at night, 
on a clear evening and just looked up at God's stars, the lights that he put up there. He's a good God. He put, he put those stars up there to guide people. So people in the ships would know where to go in the middle of the ocean. Amen. He put that sun up there so you could have so you wouldn't be cold during the day all the time. You say, well, it gets awful cold up north. You know how cold it would get if there wasn't the sun up there? I'm telling you, God's a good God just because he hung lights up there. He saw that, that it was good. And when he made the earth, the Bible said in verse number 10 that we read, God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the water, waters he called, called he seas, and God saw that it was good. God made a, a good earth and he made good seas. You know, if, uh, if you were at sea for about a month, you floating in a raft or something like that, and you got to the land, you'd probably kiss it and be thankful for the good, solid foundation under your feet. You know how much we take for granted every day? God made such a good planet, and people don't thank him for it. They don't recognize it's his handiwork. It's a good, it's a beautiful planet, not just the beauty of it, but the stability of it. And the seas, I'm glad we don't just have one, amen, one ball of dirt. I mean, God could put man on, on a big ball of dirt and just either rain the water down or brought it up through the earth. Some, no, he put seas. Why? He, he, he just made a good earth. God is not only good, but what he does is good. The light was good. The earth was good. The seas were good. The sun, moon, and stars were good. Look at verse 21. And God created great whales and every living creature that moveth with the waters, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Verse 25, and God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. God made the animals, and they were good. Animals are good, especially if they're medium rare. <laughs> God made, you know, you know, God didn't have to make us any animals. Can you imagine a world without animals? Some of you can't because you can't live with it. No, okay, go on, move on, Brent. But we, you couldn't imagine a world without animals. And not just the, the food for our sustenance. Animals, I was reading this morning in my Bible about how Solomon, you know, if you were the richest man on the planet and you had all the power in the world, you know what he did? He, he was bringing animals back. I don't know why he was bringing apes back. I mean, he, I mean he was bringing ships of, of monkeys to look at. Aren't they funny? I, I tell you what, if, if, if people would spend more time at the zoo than they would on the internet, maybe they'd have some real entertainment. <laughs> There's some real, God made the animals and they're good. Everything God is doing in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, it's good. You say, oh, preacher, we know that. We, are, we doubt so much the goodness of God at work in our lives and in our world. 
That's the tool of the devil in our life, to doubt all this goodness of the Lord. The Bible says the goodness of the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Right now, the earth is full of His goodness. All you have to do to be reminded of His goodness is just look at the planet. People often don't do that. Instead of, if you looked at the planet the way the Bible tells you to look at the planet, you would see the goodness of God. The Bible tells us, verse 31 of chapter 1, as we finish the first chapter of the Bible, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. You see that? You know what he also made there in verse number 26 and 27? He made man. You know God did a good job making us. We could have one big eyeball right here. Our nose could be here. Can you, can you imagine if, 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 if you know, your eyes were here and your mouth was here and your nose... Or if your nose was turned the other way, then you'd drown if it rained. God put so much thought into making you, and that's why it's blasphemy to doubt how He made you. That's what our world is. They don't like the way God made them. God made everything good, including man. Everything that He made, everything that He touches, everything that He did, it was good. Do you believe God made everything good? Do you think He does everything good? In Genesis chapter 2, He finds something that's not good. The first thing I want to tell you this morning is that good started with God. You need to remember that. The second thing I want to tell you this morning is in Genesis 2, 18. The first thing that's not good. Genesis 2.18, the Bible says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. The first thing I want to say, God, the good started with God. The second thing I want to say is, the first thing God saw that wasn't good, he fixed it. He fixed it. The first thing in the Bible that wasn't good was the loneliness of man. And God looked on his creation. Everything he made was good. And then there's Adam and God says, you know what? I just found something that's not good and that's that Adam is alone. And so I'll fix that. You know, God is a God that that fixes things that aren't good. Satan's attack on God and God in our lives is that God is not good and that he doesn't fix the things that are broken in our heart. And that's what he's going to do, the devil is, in Genesis chapter 3. He is going to focus in on Eve and try to get her to think about the fact that God is not as good as he looks. He's not good as she thinks he is. But she needs to to get good on her own. She needs to find good on a tree, the knowledge of 
good. No, she's not to find good in God. She's to find good. The devil wants her to find good in what she wants. And that's the lie of Satan today. For every young person, for every older person, for everybody on the planet, the devil's lie today to us is that God is really not as good as we think he is, and you've got to go find good on your own. Because whatever's bad in your life, you need to fix that. And you need to have the answer to that. And you need to find what, what fulfills your life. But the, the truth is that only God can fix what is not good. You can't fix what's not good. God can fix it, but you can't. So the devil comes to Eve and says, You know, if God was such a good God, why is he not letting you take of that tree? If God is such a good God, why does he put restrictions on you? If God is so good, why don't he, why don't he let you have what you want? If God is so good, why does, he want you, why does he not want you to know what he knows? Oh, man. Am I glad that I don't know everything God knows. God's just not good. He's holding out on you, Eve. I'm telling you right now, the place of backsliddenness in the lives of Christian people is because they are not contented in their soul that God has really been good to him and he shows his goodness in their lives and they begin to doubt that and they think they've got to go find the good their self. And they wind up at a tree they ought not be at because God's just not enough. God's just not good for me. I need to find my own goodness. Would you hold your finger and go to Psalm 27? Watch the danger. Here's the danger. This is the attack of the devil in your life. In all of our lives. And you know how it shows? It shows in a variety of ways. It shows in what we're going to preach about tonight from the book of Jude. But it also shows in the fact that we don't continually uh, thank the Lord. And it shows when we don't come into church with a, with a song in our heart and with a smile on our face. You know, you know, people that really are persuaded that God is very, very, very good to them, that they have a, a thankfulness, they have a joy, they have a smile, they have an appreciation in their heart. Is that not true? But, but when people aren't convinced that God is so good to them, then the song is muted and the smile fades and the gladness isn't there because my life is just not that good. What do I have to praise God for? It's the attack of the devil. If the devil can talk you in so ever so slightly that God is not really good to you, you're on a path that'll take you somewhere where you never dreamed. That's the testimony of Eve. I'm looking at Psalm, Psalm chapter 27, though. Would you look at it with me? The Bible says in verse number 13, Psalm 27, 13, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David said this, I would have been out, I would have fainted, I would have been gone, I would have been away from God, I would have been ruined, my life would have been destroyed, if I, unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord. It didn't say he saw it, it said he believed to see the goodness. It takes faith to see the goodness of God in our lives. 
And when we can't see the goodness of God, we faint. You know, the Bible says men ought always to pray and not to faint. And people also faint because they don't see God's goodness in their life. And they quit on God because God's really hadn't been all that great in their life. And, and it's not, he's not that, he's not cracked, as much cracked up to be what, what I thought he was growing up. And so God's not that good. And so I'll just faint out of church and, and faint out of in a life living by the Bible and, and I'll just quit. But if you could ever be talked into and see and believe the goodness of God in your life, it'll cause you not to faint. God's so good to me. How could, I, how could I disappoint Him? How could I quit? How could I turn my back on Him? He's good. I'm telling you, that, that's what keeps people where they ought to be with God. They're convinced God's just good to them. Where else would I turn? What else would I do? I had fainted. Oh, we're living in a generation that's fainting every day. Fainting and falling away from the things of God. Why? Maybe it's because they have been talked out of believing the goodness of God in their life. They're blaming God or they're not appreciative of God. They can't see the goodness of God by faith in their own lives. You know, God was not just good to Adam. The Bible says in verse Number 9 of Psalm 145, the Lord is good to all. This is what I want to tell you this morning. God is good to every person in this building. Now, you, you, I say that generically. Say, okay, what do we don't know? No, every day you're... Look, if you really believed that he was that good to you, wouldn't you thank him? Wouldn't you be appreciative? Wouldn't you give something back? I tell you what, I've had people in my life that were so good to me, I felt that I was going to live in their debt for the rest of my life. Cause just because they were just so good to me. And I could never forget about it. If we're convinced that God's good to us, we'll never forget about it. It will be overhanging in our lives constantly. And it'll, and it'll be something greater than the difficulties that we find because, oh, God is good to me. The Lord is good to all. He is even good to the unthankful. He's good to the evil. He's good to people that blaspheme His name. He continues to rain the, the water on their crops and give them breath to breathe and, and food to eat and sunshine to warm their days. Amen. And He continues to be good to a world that deserves his judgment. God's good to all. There's nobody in here. If you believe that God's not been good to you, you have believed the lie of Satan that he told to Eve at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God's been better to you than you've ever deserved in your life. Psalm 52, 1 says, the goodness of God endureth continually. He continues to be good to you. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 107, it says it several times, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. God's done so, God's done so many things in our lives that we don't even see, that we don't even acknowledge. Psalm 31.9 says, Oh, how great is thy goodness, which is laid up for them that fear thee. And for, for those that trust in thee, God lays up his goodness. I could testify this morning that surely goodness and mercy 
has followed me all the days of my life. Goodness has always been following me. You know why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. And Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The devil try to get you to follow somebody that's not good. And you know what will happen? You'll, you'll not have goodness follow you all the days of your life. You'll not have mercy follow you all. You need a good shepherd. You need to get to Jesus so that the goodness will follow you in, in your life. You get away from the Lord, you get away from goodness. You don't, don't think you need God? How, how many people, they, they've uh, made a mess of their lives because they got away from a good shepherd, they got away from a good God. Well, then, you know, the devil comes and says, well, if God is so good, why is he letting this happen in your life? And I give you the third point as I'm finishing. Genesis chapter 50. If God is so good, then why are these bad things in my life? No, God is still good despite the bad things that are in your life. God's still good despite the bad things that are in our world. It's not his fault. It's not his fault that, that, that children get diseases. It's not his fault that death is coming to the world. He, he made a world and he made a man with, without all that. You see, it's man that's ruined the good things of God. God never intended that to be, this to be the case and how... No, no, don't, don't blame God for that. Matter of fact, the third thing I want to give you is not, not that just God, good started with God and the first thing that wasn't good, God actually fixed it. But the last thing is this, that God can take bad and turn it into good. Look at Genesis chapter 50. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 50 and verse number 20, this is verse 19. This is Joseph talking. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, ye thought evil against me. But God meant it unto what? Good. To bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. What had happened in Joseph's life? If you ever want to read a story, a sad story, it's the story of Joseph's life. Can you imagine that your, your brother's hating you so bad they want to kill you? And they even, they're going to do that. <laughs> and then you're sold into slavery? Can you imagine being sold into slavery? And, and, and some people never, they never really uh, think about this. Joseph never saw his mother again. Never. She died before the great story of Jacob coming down to Egypt and all that. His mother died. He never saw her again. He, let, he lived the rest of his life without a mother. And his father, as he grew up, his dad wasn't there. His family wasn't there. He was shipped off to a foreign heathen land all by himself. And he's in slavery. He's, he's slaving away for this man. 
And then he gets falsely accused. And he went to prison because of the Me Too movement. He didn't do anything, but he got accused, so you know, you're guilty. So he goes to prison. He's he's sitting down in prison. And if that was you, and if that was me, you know what we would probably do? You probably would not be convinced at the goodness of God. Tell us about it, Joseph. How good is... Oh, God's good. You say, how do you know he had that attitude? Because he was walking around the prison house saying, why are y'all people sad? Remember the story of the butler and the baker? They're in the same prison house that Joseph's in. And he's walking around and the butler's sad and the baker's sad. and they, They've been kicked out of the palace and they're sitting in prison and their countenance is falling. And Joseph said, why are you guys so sad? The question is, why isn't Joseph so, so sad? By faith, he must still believe in the goodness of the Lord. I believe the Lord was in that prison with him. Because over and over, you know, the Bible says, the Lord's with Joseph. And in spite of what's going on in his life, Joseph is convinced that he's got a good God. And he's not, he's not belly aching against God. He's not bitter against God. He's not blaspheming God. He's not running God down. He's not telling people how unfair his life is. Why? Because he's not believed the lie of the devil that God's not good to him, though he's sitting in prison. Now listen. It was not God that made his brothers hate him. That's what man did that that hurt his life. God didn't make them hate him. It was not God that made that woman lie about him and get him thrown into prison. It was not not God that made him a slave. That was at the hand of Potiphar and and Potiphar's wife. It it was not God that, that put him in the prison house there. None of that was God. That was man being unjust to him. Whatever happens in our lives, it could be the fault of someone else. It could be our own fault because this is the truth. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is the truth. You and I aren't good. You and I are not good. Why do we know that? Because the Bible tells us so. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. None of us are good. How do I know? Because the Bible tells me so. There's none good. Guy came to Jesus and said, good master. He said, well, why are you calling me good? There's none good. But one, that is God. Isn't that what Jesus said? You're not good. None of us are good. There's nothing good about our life, but God is good. And the bad things in our life, what, what do we expect? We're all bad. But God is the good one. You know what society's done? It's flipped this devilish perversion. And this is the lie of of the devil today. People are good, but God is bad. There is innate goodness in all people. That's a lie. And yet God, God is to be blamed and God is to be ignored and God is to be shunned. He's a bully in the Bible and He's so mean. And The Bible's a mean book. But 
people are wonderful. What a joke. The Bible tells us that there's none good, but he can take the bad and he can turn it into good. He can take the bad things in Joseph's life and make it into something good. Matter of fact, somebody that had more bad come in their life than anybody in the history of the world. Just look what he says in Job, Job chapter 2. I want you to read this first. I want you to see it in your Bible. And I want you to see the attitude of Job, which I believe is the attitude we ought to have. And this is why we don't have it, because we believe the lie of the devil that, that God has not been good to us and really that I'm so good that I deserve better than what I'm getting in life. Here's a man that's better than all of us in here this morning. In Job chapter 2, the Bible says this in verse number 9. Of course, his, all of his children have been killed. All of his, his wealth has been taken away. His health has been taken away. All this by the devil. God was not the author of all this. This is what the devil did, okay? The devil sent this wind. The devil killed his children. You say, well, God allowed it. Well, that's true. God allows a lot of things. But don't accuse him of being the author of it. He didn't do it. The devil did it. You say, well, why didn't he stop it? Look, why does he stop you? If he did... Mankind would blame God for being so autocratic and forceful and a dictator. And God doesn't force anybody to do anything. And if He did, we'd hate Him for that. You see, can't win for losing. Why didn't God stop this? Because then He has to overrule the decisions that people make. And if He did that all the time, then we, we would despise Him. Why can't we have the freedom to live our own lives? None of this came because of God's anger at Job. The Bible said in verse number 9, Then said his wife unto him, Job 2 verse 9, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. Now I want you, I want you to watch what he says. This is, you're entering into the mind and heart of Job in the midst of his whole life being destroyed. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God and shall we not receive evil? In all this did not Job sin with his lips. You know what Job understood? Job understood that he did not deserve the goodness of God. Job says, honey, why are you talking like this? I'm not going to curse God. You know all that cattle? God gave that to us. This health that I have, I wouldn't have even been alive without God. I lost my health, but I've had good health for a long time. Honey, God's been good to us. Who would have gone through all of that and stopped and said, God's been good to me. And the evil that has come in my life, I shouldn't be surprised at that. What do sinners deserve? What do bad people really deserve? You see, that's our problem. We don't think we're bad. So we don't deserve anything bad. We think we're good. We always deserve that which is good. No, 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 no. No, we... The Bible, Jesus said, ye, if ye being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall the Father which have given the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? No, no, we are evil. We are not good. God is good. 
And every good thing in our lives, every good thing in our lives comes from God and it's undeserved and unmerited. Sinners deserve judgment and hell, not good things. But we're not convinced that we're bad. That's why when problems come, we say, why is it coming to me? This is not fair. This is not right. I deserve good because I'm a good person. Not according to Job. Shall we receive good at the hand of the Lord? Not In other words, don't we deserve some evil? We didn't deserve all this good that God brought in my life. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now. The struggle that some people have in their hearts. They think God has not been good to them. And there is resentment at God because they deserved better than that. And they got a wrong opinion of themselves and a wrong opinion of the Lord. We don't deserve anything good. You know, that's not popular preaching. I, I, I wish some of the progressive churches would preach that. None of us do. That's the meaning of grace. That's the meaning of mercy. Why should sinners be surprised if things are bad? We ought to be surprised when they're good. (laughs) But no, it's the opposite. We expect the good. We expect the blessings. We expect the help. But the bad, and Job's not that way. The Bible says, every man will proclaim his own goodness. But a faithful man who can find. The proper testimony of man is not that I'm good and I deserve good in my life. But the proper testimony of man is, I'm a sinner and I'm in need of God's grace and mercy. Matter of fact, you know what we do, church? We're like the prodigal more than we think we are, that prodigal son that went in the hog pen. Let me, let me do a play on words here with you. The Bible says that he wasted his, his goods and his substance. But, but it specifically says he wasted his goods. He wasted his goods. Now you say, that, 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 his goods. We use the word goods. All right, we have we have goods as a, as a sense of provision. Isn't that isn't that, a, isn't that a wonderful word to think about? All the goods that are in the store. And he wasted his goods. In other words, the father had given him provision, and the father had given him a family, and the father had given him clothing, and his father had given him security, and the father had given him money. He had loaded him with goods. Wasted his goods. And he didn't appreciate his goods. And then he finds himself with nothing. You know what he says? I think I better get back to the good one. Because my life wasn't like this with the Father. He realized that he wasn't good. And as I end this message, I want you to go to Romans chapter 2. And I don't know what bad is in your life this morning, but if God can do it with Joseph, then he can do it with you. God can take the bad and turn it into good. 
You know how I know he can do that? One day, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, into a cruel, sinful, cursed world. And all the angels of heaven declared, now we see peace on earth. Listen, listen. And there is good will toward men. In spite of how terrible man is, God has a good will toward man. And God's gesture to show his goodness to man was that he sent his only son. It was God's good will to us. That's, that verse has been so perverted in our society. People think, you know, they say it around Christmas time. They think it's people having good will toward each other. <laughs> that, 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 that could be farthest from the truth. It's not peace on earth because people are getting along with each other and goodwill toward men because people are having goodwill toward each other. Now, that's a joke. Man's never done that. Our earth has always been filled with war and violence and people not having goodwill toward anybody. But God stepped out and says, you guys aren't good, but I'm good. And I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to wrap peace up in the package of my son. And you can have peace in your heart. And you can have peace in your eternity. You can have peace in your life forevermore. And I, to demonstrate my goodwill toward men, I'm God, your man. But to show you that I have goodwill toward you, I'm going to give you the very best of heaven. And I'm going to let my son... Change what is bad and turn it into good. God can take the bad and turn it into good. He did it with Joseph, Joseph's life. He's a totally different man. He's seated on the throne. He's got new garments. Amen. He's got new provision. He's got riches. He's got power. He's got the ring. Amen. Of authority. Everything is at the feet of Joseph. What a change in his life. And I want to raise my hand to God and say, God took a bad sinner and did the same change in my heart and clothed me with the garments of his salvation. Filled my life with his riches God can take your bad life and change it into something good and his good will is wrapped up in his son but I'm going to end with this Romans chapter 2 the Bible says in Romans chapter 2 and verse number 4 or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. And herein do I know that we really do not believe in the goodness of God as much as we say we do. Because if we are convinced of the goodness of God, we repent. We repent. The goodness of God doesn't just lead to praise. It leads to repentance. 
When I'm convinced of God's goodness in my life, it'll cause me to bow the knee. It'll cause me to confess the sin. It'll cause me to get right with God. How can God be so good to me as a sinner? I'm going to repent. And if you're not saved here this morning, if you would understand how good God's been to you by sending His own Son in in spite of the things that He does in your life to keep you alive, amen, and putting you on a planet, making your body work and your mind work, if, if you could see the goodness of God in the matter of salvation, and sent his own son that in itself ought to lead you to repentance not just the overwhelming knowledge of how bad and sinful your life is but how good God is ought to make you run to the Savior and the reason we as children of God don't get right with God is because we're not convinced he's so good why do I need to humble myself and get on my knees some people I think think they're better than God they're more fair, they're more loving, they're more kind, they're more right. It's not true. The goodness of God leads to repentance. The book says, abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. What is good? God. You ought to embrace Him. You ought to cleave to Him. And oh, this is so apropos in what we've been preaching on Sunday morning. With people leaving God and His house and His Word and His Spirit every day. If we could see how good He is, it ought to cause us to cleave to Him. Where else am I going to go, Lord? I'm going to hold on to You. I'm going to cleave to You. Because You're the only good thing I see.